Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. True Crime Garage, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. We're doing things a little bit different this week, as you all might have expected. We were all waiting, holding our breath since last Friday morning because there was news that there was an arrest in the Delphi double homicide case, and they were going to have a press conference today, which is Monday morning, and they did hold that press conference. The captain watched it. I watched it. We watched it at separate locations. I'm currently in a hotel in the greater Cleveland area, hoping that the Browns will have a win tonight at Cleveland Browns Stadium on Halloween night. I'm looking for all the ghouls and ghosts to come out to help the Browns pull off the the impossible and get a victory. But we're not here to talk about that. More importantly, we are here to talk about Today is the day, Friday was the day, as Doug Carter just told us, literally about 30 minutes ago. And so the captain and I are here to give an update in the Delphi case and give a little bit of our perspective as we have it based off of what we've seen and heard. Well, like the colonel said, he's in a hotel motel Holiday Inn. The colonel is currently working on a case up in Cleveland. I'm overseas working on a case as well. More on that later. Just to go through my day a little bit on Friday, a little bit of a time difference when you're over in, in England, but it's probably 
9 a.m. your time that I got a text message saying, news coming out on Delphi. I asked when and what, got no reply. And I thought, well, maybe it's just going to be another, we're asking for more information, or is this the day? Then I get followed up with another text message saying, big information coming out. Two seconds later, I get one. They made an arrest. They arrested a man on Friday at noon and charged him with two counts of murder. Now, that wasn't confirmed by anybody, but that's what my sources were telling me. And then it was, I hope this is true because I've heard a lot of rumors from different sources And I was so glad to find out that that was true and that obviously that was confirmed in this press conference. Yeah, that's what sets this aside from all of the other suspects that have been speculated about in the past five and a half years is that he is actually arrested and being charged with double homicide and with the murders of Libby and Abby. So it's this is as case specific as it gets where other individuals have been arrested on crimes unrelated or or what some were trying to piece together and make leaps and in, in, in hopes of, okay, perpetrator of this crime might have also been the perpetrator of the Delphi homicides. So this is the biggest news to come out in this case in five and a half years. You said noon on Friday. Yeah, I was, you know, I was getting some stuff around nine in the nine o'clock hour Friday morning from some different people. I'm kind of piecing some things together, and and I'll speak candidly, but I also want to make sure that everyone knows that some of the things that I'm going to say here today in in reaction to this arrest is not a concrete information, but some, some information that I've heard from what I deem to be and believe to be some pretty legit sources, but again, not 100% concrete. So Arrested at noon, it's a little wonky on the actual timeline of this guy. It, it sounds like this Richard Allen was may have been formally charged at that time on Friday. The other pieces of information that I was have been told is that, that he may have actually been detained at some point earlier in the week. Right. What was coming out on Friday was that he was moved to a state facility to, for his own safety, which which <laughs> couple things here that you think about, like I know everybody enjoyed the dramatization of the Dahmer story that was big on Netflix. Everybody tuned into that. I, I thought the portrayal of Dahmer being murdered was a little was a little off. It, it, it seems to be pretty much factual as they present it. But I've reviewed interviews with the guy that killed Dahmer, and and at least. On one occasion, I believe in two different interviews by different people, he actually said that he did part of part of the reason for the murder for him to kill Jeffrey Dahmer was for the notoriety. Jeffrey Dahmer was the most famous person in that prison. And if you kill the most famous person in that prison, boom, you become the most famous or infamous person in that prison. And so with this Richard Allen, age 50 of Delphi, Indiana, local guy, he's arrested. And they say that he's being moved to a state facility for his own protection or his own personal safety. That tells me we're probably thinking about one of 
of three things that of level of concern that you would have if you are uh, in corrections and if you are charged with apprehending this guy and keeping him in custody. You know, part of your job is to keep him safe so that he can face a trial. He could be on suicide watch. Uh, they could be concerned that uh, another uh, person in the jail uh, that's being detained as well might want to harm him for any number of reasons, if not kill him. Or, and this is going to sound wild too, but you'll understand it because the the level of this case is is through the roof and the emotions involved in this case through the roof. Right. It, you could even be talking about it, worried that maybe a deputy or somebody working at the facility that he once was at might want to go after this guy for <laughs> any number of reasons. Well, let's just go through a breakdown real quick of the press conference. It was very short. Of course, they open it up for questions at the end and knowingly they're going to ask a lot of questions that law enforcement can't answer. But what they confirmed is Richard Allen, age 50, is charged with two counts of murder. That's in the state of Indiana. They do have the have the death penalty, so that would be on the table, possibly. They also wanted to remind everybody that Richard Allen is innocent until proven guilty. And they have sealed all the probable cause and basically the arrest information and the tips that lead to that information. I think they possibly did that for maybe a safety of an individual. They didn't lead to any speculation on if they thought somebody else was involved or if Richard Allen was singly responsible for the murders. But they also wanted to let us know that they're going to continue to take tips on Richard Allen anything about the crime or any other individual. I think people are going to jump to speculation that there's more people involved. And I think that's okay because I think law enforcement is welcoming any tips to come in. I think that's smart on their part to keep the tip line open. But Tobe Lesenby also said, now we move forward in the process. What me and the Colonel were saying off record is this is a step in the right direction to get justice for the family and the victims, you need to not only make an arrest and charge the individual, but you need to have him found guilty in a court of law. Right. And we've talked about this on our show many times. When you speak with a really good seasoned detective, one that's been at the job, on the job for a long time and had success clearing cases in their time in their career, they will all tell you the same thing. And, and this is this is the first thing that I can tell separates a good detective. We always we talk about it. There's good there are people that are good at their jobs and people that are bad at their jobs. And unfortunately, they are in every line of work across this great country. You know, there's good doctors, there's bad doctors, there's good school bus drivers, bad school bus drivers, there's everybody. And same with detectives. But the first thing that, that separates the good ones. From the, from the not so great ones to me is this statement right here. All of the good ones say the same thing. When you are investigating a case, the number one thing you need to be concerned about is will that my actions as a detective on this case do not change the potential outcome in this case, meaning that my actions will not screw up 
any of the legalities or any of the stuff that's going to have to go through the courts to get a conviction here. And so what what the prosecutor and what Doug Carter, the superintendent for the Indiana State Police and Tobe Blesenby, the sheriff of Carroll County, what they are reminding all of us is that, look, yes, we have a lot more information here. Are we going to give it to you today? No. We are working to secure a conviction here in this case and make sure that nothing gets tossed out of court because we made a misstep somewhere along the line. This guy, as the captain rightfully pointed out, Richard Allen is presumed innocent until he's found guilty in a court of law. Some some interesting notes, though, here and some things that I think people might want to speculate about. Richard Allen very common name. His name, his full name is Richard Matthew Allen. He's age 50, like the captain said, from Delphi, Indiana, local guy. We we are aware of his address. A lot of people are interested in what his address is. I don't think that it would be responsible for us to give that out. If If somebody wants that on their conscience, fine. You can find it. We're choosing not to give it out because of a couple of reasons. We don't know what led police to Richard Allen. That was not made clear. They didn't discuss that during the press conference. They gave a polite answer a couple times when when reporters were trying to get into what led them to this individual. It seems very likely, given his proximity, where his residence is to the Monon High Bridge. He lives about 1.6 miles from the crime scene. So it would seem that he was likely interviewed or somebody close to him was interviewed probably early on in this investigative process. I don't think it's a great idea to release his his address for a couple of reasons. We don't know who else may be still at that address and they very likely they may not have anything to do with this crime at all. Not only that, they may be the person responsible for turning him in. Or a neighbor could be somebody that helped investigators or detectives with this investigation. So we don't want to put anybody into scrutiny or potential harm's way because they could be one of us. They could be one of the good guys. And speaking of the good guys, interestingly enough, let's not forget, there's a huge reward in this case. So at some point, I'm guessing they're going to have to announce to the public or how they're going to allocate those funds and who they're going to go to and 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 why they would be receiving them. Yeah, a couple things about Richard that we have learned is that he worked at CVS, like the colonel said, about a mile and a half, so maybe a 15 to 20 minute walk from the crime scene. There's been a lot of pictures of this individual shared online. I would say just off the top of my head, when I see pictures of this individual and you see his height, I've also seen videos of how he walks. His gait looks very similar to Bridge Guy, matches the description pretty much to a T. Again, lived in the vicinity. It's not clear to me, but it seems, and again, this is just some speculation and some of this information that we're talking about. We like to confirm our information before we put it out to the public. But what I'm hearing from everybody and what I can somewhat confirm is that he is married. And then there's been other pictures of him shared 
where he's at a party and in the background you see a sketch of young bridge guy but anybody that's been to delphi would know that those pictures are everywhere so this guy richard allen living in this community for the last however many years he's been there but since they started putting up these posters he's been walking by hundreds of these posters every single day a lot of people have shared pictures of richard allen with us online other people have asked us to share those pictures you have to remember that the family back in the day and law enforcement asked to stop sharing side-by-sides i know this is a little different because he's not charged with some other crime and people are seeing that if he's linked that he is charged with the murders of abby and libby we're going to respect law enforcement's wishes and respect the family's wishes and not share those photos on social media. Yeah. And like, just like with the address, it's information that if you want to dig deep enough, it's not hard to find a picture of this individual. It's just not, not going to be part of our um, coverage for now on, on the case. And I want to say, not that I think that the family's listening but if they were listening, we met them a long time ago at CrimeCon. This case has been very personal to us. We covered this case. It was the probably the first case that we ever covered that we really knew little to no information, but felt that it was very important to try to use our platform to get people talking about this case and sharing information. And this case, especially because of the internet, they've received thousands of tips because of people working hard to try to solve a case because people felt connected to this case. And one of the reasons I think we all felt connected to this case is because of the family. The family, you could see the pain on their faces, and they still have a long way to go in this process, but you know our thoughts are with them, and we have a lot of respect for the family and what they're going through. And please be very supportive of them online as well. Look, this arrest does not make things any easier for the family and what they're dealing with. It's certainly a step in the right direction, of course, but this isn't like Little Red Riding Hood when the, who is it, the woodsman gets the wolf and, and and kills the wolf and cuts him open and little red riding the little girl comes back that's that's how it works in fairy tales i wish that that's how it worked here i i wish that that was even a possibility yes just take it easy on the families and don't bombard them for information they may not have much more information than we have they certainly ain't going to talk even if they do because they're they are lock in step with isp with the prosecutor's office, with Carroll County Sheriff's Department. They want to secure a conviction and make sure that all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted properly and that we don't we don't do anything to screw this up. Now, I talked about some things that I think people might speculate about. Maybe we can address a couple of those. Again, we don't have definitive answers on some of these, but um, wanted to address some things. At the early part of the press conference, it was stated that Indiana State Police was there, the Carroll County Sheriff's Office was present, and the prosecutor's office. And, and as we saw, we had the prosecutor 
Joe Blesenby, the sheriff, and Doug Carter, the superintendent, all spoke at the press conference. One other agency that was there was the U.S. Marshals. I, To me, that doesn't indicate that they are still actively looking for somebody or actively looking for somebody in another state. I would expect the U.S. Marshals to be there and to have been a part of this investigation. Keep in mind, within days of the double homicide, there were digital billboards in 46 states in this great country looking for this man and looking for the perpetrator of this, these crimes. So they have been involved from Jump Street. So it would be it would be more weird if they weren't there, in my opinion. I do love that they are still encouraging more tips to come in and they are recommending using the same avenues that they've already set up that people have been using previously to continue um, that. Remember, they would prefer to receive an email tip, tip in the form of an email. That way there is written record of your tip and of the information that you submit. As the captain pointed out, the probable cause affidavit will be sealed. The charging information will be sealed as well. Now, one thing that I heard at the end of the press conference when they went to reporters for questions was one reporter said that the the probable cause affidavit and the charging information would be sealed for 30 days. And the prosecutor's answer did not shoot that down that it was 30 days, but he did state that there would be a public forum, a public meeting at some point to discuss and determine if they will be sealing those documents further or if they're going to unseal them. So I didn't pick up on a date of when that will be decided. I'm guessing it's 30 days from October 28th and not to try to correct you or anything, but I believe he said there would actually be a hearing on that. Right. A hearing is what I meant to say. Um, But what I'm saying is I don't think he gave a date for when that public hearing would be. You're correct. Some other information here, the trial date, he he stated, and I, I wrote this down rather quickly, I hope I have it right, would be, is currently scheduled for March 20th, 2023. Remember, the reward money was 225000 or in that general amount, and I'm sure we'll find out more about what's going to be done with that reward money. Um, they were specifically asked about the clients. How do the clients fit into all this? Uh, if they do at all, they said they would not comment on the clients at this time. Uh, one thing that I was not able to do here, Captain, it, it, it may not have come out. We were hitting record short, very shortly after the press conference ended. And they stated that there would be written information that would be on the, I believe they said the Indiana State Police's Facebook page. And I went looking for that shortly after the press conference ended and either couldn't find it or it had not been posted at the time before we hit record. A lot more discussion about the Delphi murder press conference after this quick beer break. The evidence keeps pouring in. 
At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. 
Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back again. Hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. Both the colonel and the captain were both traveling. We're on separate sides of the, the world, but we we felt obligated to share with you the information of this press conference and to share our thoughts on it as well. Yes, and one thing too um, that that we won't really get into, but while we have the opportunity to address another. Uh, case. And some of you have been keeping an eye on this and know that Nancy Eagleson, who we discussed, we did a four-part story on her case earlier this year, and we were raising money. Porchlight was raising money to exhume her body. She was uh, unfortunately abducted and killed 62 years ago. That exhumation happened last week. And it was, I've been asked to to keep everything very brief on the update because there should be some more information coming out either this week or next week. But overall, the opinion is in that we are, after the exhumation took place, we are all still very hopeful and have reason to be hopeful that we could find some evidence that could finally lead to solving her cold case homicide. So obviously we saw a lot of different individuals of law enforcement talk. Doug Carter has been the main spokesperson. You could, you obviously could hear and see the emotion in him. And I think it was also nice because they weren't sitting there patting themselves on the back. They were being very respectful to the process. I think respectful to the family and to the public. Again, they're going to get criticism because it took five years, but like you just said, there's there's a case that we covered that's been unsolved for 60 plus years. Yeah. And so the fact that we could get a result in this case is, is a great thing. 
And I'm very hopeful that they'll be able to do and be respectful of the work. Again, trying to seal off those records because they think that could hurt their case is is very smart in doing their due diligence. And we live in a day where there's a lot of people that do jobs and don't do them well. And I do want to applaud them a little bit because I want to say these guys, as much as you think that you're invested in this case, and I know that the colonel and and I have spent hours and hours on the phone with people receiving tips ourselves through our blog or through our emails and spending hours to explain to those people, you sharing the tip with me only does so much. You need to share this tip with law enforcement. And I probably spent hundreds of hours on Delphi alone, just replying to people saying that information seems important and you need to share it with the right sources. Sharing that with a podcast host is not going to get an arrest. Yeah, if if you have some information and you've already approached law enforcement, and it doesn't just go for Delphi because we we experience this with a lot of unsolved cases, not all of them, but some. We do get tipsters come to us with information, local people. Sometimes it's it it seems very interesting. Other times, not going to lie, there's you know <laughs> you're going to get a few crazy things sent your your way once in a while. Um, and we've certainly received our fair share of that. But the only time I think that it's beneficial for a tipster to approach somebody like us or somebody that's in more mainstream portions of the media is if you have gone to law enforcement and you don't, for whatever reason, you don't think that they're doing anything with the information that you, you gave them. Sometimes... The, the media can be a good checks and balances for a lot of different lines of work out there and professions out there. And it's with this case, one could certainly easily understand that a tip could slip through the cracks. I mean, we're talking at one point, I think they reported having received over 40,000 forms of communication from the public. That was several years ago that I remember reading that number. So who knows what that number even totals to. And when you receive that much information from the public, again, probably these are all people that are trying and hoping to help in some way, but probably a good, I would, I would bet the farm that a large percentage of those tips are, turns out to be nothing, not saying that they shouldn't have phoned it in or should not have emailed it. They are looking for a needle in a haystack amongst those tips, running down leads and checking into different things. And some of them carry more weight than others. And I think they're very smart to point out to the public, to remind the public, and one, to recognize themselves and and understand themselves. Yes, they've put a lot of work into this. There's been a lot of good people involved and a lot of people that have worked very hard on this case. But it's it's great to see that they understand that the work is not over, that the job is not done yet. And we don't know exactly what other avenues will be pursued uh, throughout the course of this investigation. Yeah. And when Doug Carter said, look, we're going to add more resources and add to this team, because again, the work is not over. Now, a couple things, a couple things I'd like to share on the podcast so I don't have to answer it a thousand more times. The number one question that I have received was, 
was Richard Allen on my radar? The answer to that is he was not. Was he on anybody's radar? I'm not for sure. But what I do know is I did receive a list, and this was years ago. One of the lists was possible cell phone pings, when they happened, where they happened, and who the cell phone belonged to. And that that list was obviously a list created by somebody, possibly in law enforcement, and obviously everybody on that list would be a person of interest that law enforcement would want well, to talk I to. I can tell you where that list came from. Um, it, it came from the original prosecutor. The prosecutor's office, uh, I believe it was Ives at the time. He, his, is his first name Richard? I can't remember. Uh, now everybody, Richard Allen, uh, who knows? So maybe, maybe right. we don't say <laughs> that, but the, the prosecutor Ives at the time is on record stating that his office submitted m- many subpoenas to do what is in short called a data dump. And basically they were looking for anybody whose cell phone pinged in the area of the Monin High Bridge. And his statement, I believe, was within a five mile radius of the Monin High Bridge during the time of the homicides. I'll, I'll add in a little bit of my own speculation here. My guess would be that they probably wanted to know from about 1.30 in the afternoon to maybe 5, 6 o'clock in the evening. Uh, let's do a data dump and submit the subpoenas to, to get this information. Yes, they're on record having done that and, and getting the information, which would have uh, created a list of individuals whose phones pinged in the area of the Monin High Bridge on the day that the girls went missing. And later, unfortunately, we find out that they were killed on that day. So yes, his name, just just with his residence being within that five mile radius would put him on on that list. Um, and I think you were saying that he might have been on another list as well. Is that correct? Yeah. So the other list that I had from years ago was a list of every male or supposedly every male between a certain age to a certain age that lived within a certain radius of the crime scene, which like we've stated before, he lived about a mile and a half from the crime scene. So that would obviously put him on the list. Was it the age I range think there were, of, of what they were looking for when they put out the, the potential suspect information? I would assume so, but I can't confirm that. So, so it was just a list that when people would present, you know, I'd be at CrimeCon and people would pull out their phone and say, look at this guy. Don't you think he looks like bridge guy? And I'd be like, well, who is he? Well, he's this ice cream right. truck worker from California. I'm like, was well, he tied to Indiana? Well, I don't know, but should I turn well, it in? And I'm like, let, let's figure out a, a, a link to him in in the state of Indiana for for, for starters, right? And yeah, and th- those are the ones that I think are irresponsible. Look, I know again, it all circles back to the the majority of these people. Even the person showing you a picture of some ice cream man from California, the majority of these people are just people that they're they want to help, right? They see Libby and Abby's picture, right. they, their heart breaks for the families. They just want to help in any way at all because we're all sick to our stomachs about this case with with these murders, with 
whatever happened and whoever did it, it's just, it, it feels like one of the most wrong things that has happened in such a long time um, that we're, we're all very emotional about it. You know, earlier you had said fits to a T and, and I get what you're saying, but I think it's also kind of all relative, right? Like there's been, he's not the first person that people have looked at and gone, oh, looks just like bridge. It, it, at the end of the day, we just don't have that great of a picture of bridge guy and our, our right. own imaginations have filled in some of those blanks along the way. Uh, some of those question marks. But, but what I meant is if you look at his, the picture of Richard Allen, you look at his, yeah, gait, th- that stuff is, his is d- demeanor. Up, yeah. yeah. And the, and when they had back in the day, when they actually had a height for him and a weight for him, you look at those pictures and go, okay, I can see this individual fitting in. It's not like they arrested a guy that's six, eight and 400 pounds. And you're going, well, that doesn't make any sense. And this case is going to be, I think, very fascinating moving forward because we do have video footage of this individual. We do have audio and maybe some more audio data of this individual. And I say of this individual because, again, Richard Allen is innocent until proven guilty. So I don't want to say that we have video footage of him until they're able to actually prove that. Well, and the thing here, too, so a little bit more information on Richard Matthew Allen. I He has a weapon permit from 2009. My guess is this is probably a conceal and carry permit. I can't confirm that. I can confirm 100% that he did obtain a weapons permit, a weapon permit in 2009. I'm, I'm still checking on uh, some information to see if it is, in fact, the conceal and carry. You know, Captain... My mind, it jumped immediately to BTK as I'm watching and trying to digest the information in this press conference. Then the reason being for, for a couple of reasons. You know, I talked about earlier, I don't know. We don't know who that reward money will go to, if it will go to anybody. We don't know what put this dude on the police radar. And everything I'm seeing and hearing Sounds like it was a bit of a twist or a turn or that this guy, once they latch onto him, they move rather quickly. And we've certainly not seen his name or likeness presented at any time before last week in this five and a half years of the case. And we've seen a lot of people's names and likenesses handcuffed to this this case along the way. The reason why my mind kind of went to, to BTK is, remember BTK, his wife. You know, they had a recording of Dennis Rader calling in one of the crime scenes or calling in something that he left flew for the for investigators. And he and his wife were watching the news together. And his wife said to him very kind of casually, oh, you know, you sound like BTK or, oh, BTK sounds a lot like you. And they probably looked at each other and laughed it off at the time and went on about their lives. You know, Dennis Rader, knowing the whole time that he was, in fact, BTK. You have to wonder, this dude's voice down the hill, guys down the hill has been all over the news, especially Indiana news for, for all of this time. You wonder, was there was a wife or somebody close to this guy at any time? Did they ever say, you know, you sound a lot like that bridge guy that they're looking for? Well, if, it, if you think it's okay, I would like to 
share a rumor and I will, and I will leave out certain details. So it's a vague rumor of what I have heard that possibly could have happened. I, you're asking for permission, but I don't know what you're going to say. I, of course, go ahead. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll say it then. We'll, we'll cut it out later if you, if, if you don't think so. But from what I've heard from several sources is that there was somebody close that had some suspicions and maybe looked into certain things and that maybe they found something that confirmed it for them. that to, that confirmed it to them and they went to law enforcement. But if I'm not mistaken and correct me if I'm wrong here, it made it sound like they charged Richard Allen and that he pled not guilty. Well, yeah, I, I've, I've not seen anything, but I'm, you know, to hold him for any length of time, he would have to have a, a I'm guessing that, that he, I, I don't know how public that is. And I don't know if, how, if it was an actual official not guilty plea. Um, what I'm wondering is if if his lawyer, if he lawyered up and the lawyer has expressed, look, he, he intends to to take this to trial and to plead not guilty, because I would imagine we are going to have cameras or the news will be all over. Um, well, and I say that because the preliminary hearing or, or whatever, you know, a more official uh, uh, court setting. And I'm saying that because in my notes of the press conference, which I have you know, <laughs> chicken scratch, trying to write down as much information, I have the sentence, he is entering a plea of not guilty. And I think that came from the prosecutor. So I, I'm guessing what he said was we charged him with two counts of murder and he's entering a plea of not guilty. But I look, I just thought the law enforcement overall was very respectful. I know that they're keeping things close to the vest. I think that's out of respect for the victims and the victims' families. And then on top of that, like we said with crime, it's not Richard Allen had friends and family as well. And I know he's had some friends come online and say that he is not capable of a of this murder. And maybe that's the Richard Allen they know. And maybe through this trial, they'll learn about a, a different Richard Allen that they never knew. But his friends and his family and that community, they're all victims. Yeah. And I, this is pure speculation. But I just wonder, you know, we knew all along, or a lot of us would believe that Bridge Guy likely had a family. You know, Doug Carter even said it himself at one of the press conferences, likely has family. And I am of the belief to commit crimes like these, buried within the person responsible, he has a hate for likely women, girls, females in general, or mankind. I don't know how long those individuals can keep that side of them from not showing, especially to people closest to them. And we've seen it in other cases, Captain, where a person is a suspect in the case because they had the means, motive, and well, the means and opportunity anyway 
question on question mark on the motive. But we've seen in other cases where somebody somebody says something to a, a person in a domestic situation, maybe even a domestic violence situation, that, that they have done something or that they are capable of harming you person because they've harmed people in the past. And so, yeah, we don't know what has led to this individual or, or, or if it was a tip that helped law enforcement. We, we do need to make sure we put out a good, healthy reminder here to everybody that the police, they did say, hey, we are still requesting information from the public. And we are still requesting information uh, from the public that, that is about Richard Matthew Allen and also that is not about Richard Matthew Allen. And so any information that you have that you may that you think is in some way related to these two homicides, you still reach out to police and don't just dismiss it because your information does not have Richard Matthew Allen's name attached to it. Give that information to police. And I'm really curious here now, too, now that we have a person named, a person that's been officially charged with these two victims' murders, will there be people that are able to connect the dots on some things that they weren't so sure of five and a half years ago or three years ago or two years ago that will be coming forward? And again, the public wants to help police here in this case, and I think we'll continue to see that trend. But the proper way to help police, you know, police still ask anyone with information to submit a tip at Abby and Libby tip at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com or by calling 765-822-3535. We'll put that, as always, we'll put that information in the show notes for today. But again, they would prefer an emailed tip. And the email tip line is, well, I say tip line, that shows my age, right? The the email tip is Abby and Libby tip at CACOSHRF.com. Anything else here, Captain? I know that they didn't really give us a whole lot. Uh, I think that we're probably going to be learning a lot in the next few days as the local news outlets start doing their digging and and start releasing information that they uncover along the way. It will be curious to find out when a potential uh, court hearing will be to determine if these documents remain sealed or if they will be unsealed and released to the public. And also we got that 30 days, which I, I think you're correct here, probably goes uh, sealed 30 days for sure uh, from October 28th, unless we hear otherwise. Yeah. Again, thoughts are just with law enforcement to continue to do the right thing, continue to do their due diligence, take this case very serious. Let's get the correct verdict where well, this is far from over. It's far from over for the family. And if you want to show some love and support to the family, you can visit abbyandlibby.org. Yeah, they're still raising money for that beautiful park that they've built in memorial to these young girls who were both, look, did we know Libby and Abby? No. Uh, And unfortunately, we won't get that opportunity. And they both look like they were 
just wonderful little girls. That's, that's all they were. That's all they were trying to be was wonderful little girls and best friends. And they were very active in their schools and communities. And I think a Memorial Park is one of the best ways that you could honor their lives and, and their, and the community and their families. And it's a beautiful park. It's a very active park with active with sports and events, uh, public events. But you know what? They still want to continue to add to that and make it even more beautiful. And that is one way that, you know, if you are at home and you're just going, man, man, I wish I could do something. Well, that's something that you can do. Right. We can all we can all pitch in and uh, help help Delphi to try to heal. Uh, this might be this might be one of the very first. I know it's been five and a half years, but this might be one of the very first stepping stones in starting that healing process. And let's let's help this community heal and 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 show our you know show Delphi love and the family's love and respect, and show them that community does not end at the city line. Community goes on and on and on. And we are all just one big community trying to be good people and helping each other. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. And I want to thank everybody that shares information about cases, missing person cases online, murder cases that are unsolved. It really does make a difference. And until next week. Be good, be kind, and don't live. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people.